Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. guys, thank you. Um, I want to jump straight into the Bible tonight, so if you brought your Bible, uh, look for a book called Luke, it's towards the end-ish, Luke chapter 10. I'm going to stall for about 30 seconds and say something which I haven't thought about to give you a chance to find it. I'm not going to stick it on the screen either, so if you've not got your Bible, your phone will be helpful. Actually, while I've got this 30 seconds while you're looking for your Bibles, is anyone here for the first time tonight? Is this your first time ever at Ivy Central anyway? A few of you guys, you're so welcome. Can we let them know how welcome they are? We love having you guys with us. We hope you're having a great evening. And I hope I don't ruin it for you because it's been good so far, hasn't it? It's been really good. Um, So we're going to read from a book called Luke, chapter 10. And we're going to jump in straight at verse 25. In the evenings, we've been looking at the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and what all of that means. And we've also been looking at some of the parables that Jesus has been speaking about. So I'm going to jump in tonight into one of the the most famous, the most well-known parables. And so we're Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. In the message it says he wanted to find a loophole, a lawyer looking for a loophole, hey? He wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? In reply, classic Jesus doesn't answer, tells a story. He says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three men do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And then continue verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about so many things, but only one thing is needed. 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Thanks for for holding out for the whole of that long passage. I don't normally go for them quite long, but I want to I want to go over all of that tonight. And I want to talk about looking for a loophole. Looking for a loophole. Does anybody here love movies? Anyone else? Does anyone just love, I love the cinema experience. I love the big screen. I love the surround sound. And my wife Emma, she loves it as well. And the only problem is we don't love the same kind of movies. Like I'm all about the action or the thriller. I like there to be some kind of tension. She likes the drama and the relationships. I want like some sci-fi monster to come out and kill everything. She wants there to be a love story. There's not many that cross over. And, uh, and so going to the cinema for us is always like one of our sacrifices. It's only like one of us wants to watch the other mu- the, the movie and the other one is just there to support the other person. And um, cinemas are really expensive too, right? Like it costs like 12 quid a ticket. So it's like 25 quid for one of us to see a film that we like. And we got to get babysitters and we got to pay for them to get pizza. And so like going to the cinema is really, really expensive. And it's a real pain, but we do kind of love it. Well, about three years ago, we found a loophole. And it was, it was magic. It was so good. So Compare the Market have this scheme where if you take out a travel insurance, they will give you 12 months free cinema. So we went onto the website and we were like, what's the shortest amount of time you can get travel insurance for? Well, it turns out you can get it for one day. And it costs you three quid. Three quid for a year's free movies. That is epic. That was so good. I mean, and we had the day's travel insurance, which was useful as well in case something did go wrong. But it was, it was so, so great. If only we could have found a babysitter that year, we would have really enjoyed it. And, and maybe as I'm even saying to this, I can see some of you are looking like, that's a great idea. And others are looking at you like, you're supposed to be a church leader. That's shameful. <laughs> I can just feel the guilt coming off of you. Like, but it's, it, was okay. it was legal. It was legal. It was a loophole. It was okay. And that's what's happening in this story too. That's just the same. The, the lawyer has found a loophole. Or at least he's trying to. And we read this and we're like, we look at this lawyer and we're like, dirty lawyer, bad lawyer. How dare you try and find a loophole? But I think, I think he's just a smart guy. I think he's just a normal guy. Like he, he is kind of trying to ask the questions and, and he knows about loving God. And he's like, I can do that. Loving God is easy. Uh, but loving my neighbour, that's like, that's hard. Loving God is easy, loving my neighbour is hard. And I'll prove it to you. I'll prove that's true. God, number one, is invisible. That can be really helpful. God, number two, is mostly inaudible, which again can be really, really helpful. Your neighbour is neither invisible nor inaudible. He will say stuff to you all the time, which is really annoying. He won't like your your comments on Facebook. He might have a dog, which might sometimes go on your lawn, and it might leave non-invisible, non... What's not smelling? There must be a word for that. But he will leave presents for you. Neighbours can be really, really annoying, really, really frustrating. So this lawyer is looking, and he's like, I can love God. Love God's easy, but... Loving my neighbours, this stuff is, is hard. And so he's looking for this loophole. 
And what Jesus does is brilliant. He tells them the story. And what he says is, he says, well, there was this guy and uh, he was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. And this is like a main road. This is a really busy road. It's a bit like the M6. It's like he's traveling down the M6. And there's all of these people. And, and as we read the story, we presume this guy would be a Jewish guy. So we've got this Jewish guy and he's walking down the main road. And Jesus is like, and then he is attacked and he is beaten and kicked and stamped on and they steal his money and take everything from him and the audience would have been like whoa Jesus this just got really dark like why are we going there like it just asked you a really reasonable question and you're talking about a guy getting his head stamped on unnecessary Jesus Jesus is like no no let's keep going with the story he's he's suffering he's on the floor but then and he's like he loves he says it like as if by coincidence a priest appears. It's like this, a pastor appears. The, the church leader turns up down the road and, and the audience would have been like, yay, pastors, amazing people. I hoped I would have got more from you. Um, <laughs> clearly not here. Uh, so he walks down the road and everyone would have been like, this is going to be amazing. He's going to be the one. He's going to smash this. And he looks and he, he kind of crosses away and he walks past it and the audience would have been like, that's shocking. That's not what we expected from the rabbi. That's not what we expected from the religious leader. And then Jesus is like, oh, and, and then a Levite comes along and the audience are like, well, I can see what you're doing now, Jesus. I know how this is going to go. A Levites are like from the family. They're from the trained priesthood, the family of priests. And um, so the Levite comes along he sees the guy and he goes the other side of the road and he scooches past him and gets out the way and completely ignores him and wanders by. And Jesus says, and next, a Samaritan arrives. And the audience at this time would have just been like, whoa, a Samaritan? Like Samaritans were the most, they were, they were like the Jews' biggest enemies. You wouldn't talk to them. They were dirty. They were unclean. They, they didn't understand God. They believed in like this strange mixture of religions. Uh, Jews would travel miles around to avoid even going into their territory. You wouldn't do a business deal with a Samaritan. You weren't even allowed to talk to a Samaritan. Samaritans were like the worst for the Jews to speak to. And Jesus is like, then a Samaritan comes. And it, that was the moment they'd be like, boo, here's, this is going to be even worse, isn't it? And the Samaritan comes and the Samaritan, uh, he, he picks him up. There's this Jew who would have been looking down on him, this Jew who would have persecuted him, this Jew who wouldn't have given him the time of day. The Samaritan's the one who picks him up. Uh, and he takes him and he puts him on his horse or and he takes him back to the hotel and he feeds him and he bandages him and he looks after him. And he does all this amazing stuff for him. And then Jesus turns around and, and he asks this question. He says, which one was being a neighbor? Which is a different question to what he was asked. The, the, the lawyer says, who is my neighbor? Jesus says, which one was being a neighbor? Like two different perspectives. The lawyer's perspective is, I can't find a neighbor. Jesus' perspective is, you can become a neighbor. Wow, that's good. He's like, which one is being the neighbor? And the lawyer, he, he can't even say it. He's like, I can't even say the word. The one who is unnamed, who is doing the good things, that one is the neighbor. He can't even say the Samaritan. And Jesus looks at him, he's like, yeah, yeah, go and do that then. Just, just go and do that. 
Just go and do that. Just go and do what that guy did. That's what you need to do. And, and you need to remember that this conversation, this story is in this context where the lawyer has said to Jesus, how do I get eternal life? How, how do I live forever? And Jesus has said to him, well, what does the law say? And he said, well, the law says love God and love, love my neighbor, loving God. I get that bit, loving the neighbor. That's the hard stuff. And Jesus is just like, well, if you want to do this, this is what it looks like. He gives this really practical example of how we love our neighbor in all of this detail. He's like, if you want to do it, this is how you do it. And, and he doesn't say, do it kind of like this. He says, do it 100% like this. Do it fully like this. This is how you love. You need to be that sacrificing. You need to be that giving all day, every day, 100% of your time. That's what you want to do. Go and do that then. And... The Bible doesn't really tell us what the lawyer does next. But it seems to be that he goes and he tries. And he's like, right, I need to give this a go. And that's it. Scene over. End of the story. Well, that sounds like a lot of hard work. But then it gets confusing and it gets strange and it gets weird. Because the next story is a story of two sisters, Mary and Martha. Martha's the older one. And she is like this hardworking, sacrificing. She's running around and she's, she's making all the food. She's laying out everything. She's serving everyone, doing all of this incredible stuff. And, and Mary is like the lazy one. Um, it's a little bit like the oldest and the middle child. I don't know if you've got families. I've got a big enough family and I'm in that kind of position in my family, I can say that. The oldest one is doing all the good stuff and helping out and the middle one who is really enjoying the oldest one doing all the good stuff and helping out. And, uh, and Martha does that classic sibling thing. Like my boys do this all the time. They're like, Cole's like, dad, dad, tell Leo to help me out in the bedroom. Dad, dad, tell Leo to stop hurting me. Dad, dad, tell Leo to, to do all this stuff. And this is what Martha's doing. She's like, Jesus, Jesus, uh, will you tell Mary to help me out in the kitchen? Because look, I'm doing all of this great stuff. And Jesus is like, whoa, Martha, what is wrong with you? You have got so much going on there. You are a mess, Martha. What is up with you? I'm not going to say anything to Mary. She is doing some brilliant stuff on the floor in the lounge. What is up? And it's like, what is going on in this story? Because if you read this story, which one is being the Good Samaritan? Mary or Martha? It's not Mary, is it? She's the lazy Samaritan. She's the bad Samaritan. She's the boo-hiss Samaritan. It, it's like Martha's the good Samaritan. And yet Jesus is like, no, no, you need to be like Mary. So which is it? Is it, is it go and do likewise? Or is it be like Mary? I often meet people at church and come to the church for the first time and they're like, do you know that the Bible contradicts itself? And I hear Christians all the time, they're like, no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't contradict itself at all. I'm on the side of the guys who aren't from church. This completely contradicts itself. 
Which one is it? Go and do likewise. Go and do nothing. It makes absolutely no sense. And so when I think about this, and I think about that lawyer and that conversation, I think he could have finished it better. I really do. Because he was a smart guy. He was, he was a sharp guy. And I think that he should, have, he should have looked at what Jesus was saying. And Jesus is like, you need to do this every single day. You need to be like this good Samaritan. And I think he could have turned around and said, but that's impossible. But that's absolutely impossible. I can't be like that every single day. I can't do that. And I think Jesus would have been like, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of the story. The whole point of the story is you can't do it every day. You can't be like that. In fact, the story was never about the lawyer. The story was always about Jesus. In the story of the Good Samaritan, it's Jesus who's the Good Samaritan. Let me tell you what my story looked like. My story was I was traveling along the road of life and life beat me up and life robbed me and life took all the things that I wanted, my dreams, my expectation and life left me bleeding and hemorrhaging on the floor. And, and religion could do nothing to help me. Religion just walked right past. But then the Good Samaritan came. And the Good Samaritan, the one who before I'd ridiculed and laughed at, the one who I said had nothing to do with me, had nothing good to say in my life, the one who I'd looked down on, that Good Samaritan came and found me where I was at and picked me up. And he bandaged me and he used resources that I just didn't have. And he loved me and he cared for me. And he took me to a place of safety. And he turned around and he said, in three days, I will come back and I will clear all the debts. The Good Samaritan was never supposed to be me. The Good Samaritan was Jesus. It was always Jesus. And so when we read this story of, of Mary and Martha, Mary is, is just at the feet of Jesus. Like Jesus, who is pure love. She is just sitting at his feet. She is, she is marinating. She is immersing herself in the presence of her Savior. She is lost in the love of Jesus. So often we get this so muddled up. We're like, we just need to do it better. We need to do the Good Samaritan stuff. We're going to start a program for the next six weeks. We're going to be doing Good Samaritan stuff every single day. And we're going to have a target of five good things. And we're going to love really, really hard. And if you're not doing it well enough, we're going to tell you to love better. And we're going to keep on telling you to love better until you get it. And Jesus is like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. that. That doesn't help anybody. 
In John 10.34, Jesus says, there's a new commandment. You might not know this, some of you, there's 11 commandments in the Bible. The first 10 are in the Old Testament, and then Jesus adds an 11th. And he says, the 11th commandment, he says, is to love one another as I have loved you. To love one another. He says it twice. It's a bit weird and redundant. I don't know why he says it twice. Maybe he just really wants to emphasize is to love one another. And I want to ask you, where's the power in that commandment to love one another? Where's the power? Where do we get that from? I don't think that the power comes from the commandment itself. If, if the power to complete commandments came from within the commandments themselves, we would have done them long ago. Years ago, we would have nailed all of the commandments. I don't think it comes from that. I think it comes from the second bit. To love one another as I have loved you. And this is what Mary's doing. Mary is immersing herself in Jesus. I think that we need to marinate in God's love. That we need to write songs. We need to write poems. We need to write stories. We need to share everything that God is doing. We need to immerse ourselves in the love of God, listening to music, listening to worship, listening to podcasts, reading the Bible. Just let it soak. Let it overwhelm us. Just fill ourselves and fill ourselves with that love of Jesus until that love becomes the most real thing in our entire lives. That it shapes everything else around it. That it, that it burns so bright that we warm the lives around us. That we let that love grow. Day by day, week by week, month by month. And you, one day, hopefully, you'll get to a point where you'll be sitting in church and someone will just tap you on the shoulder and they'll be like, hey, how did you become so loving? How did you become so caring? How did you become so self-sacrificing? How did you become this generous with everything? And you will not be able to tell them because you never set out to become Mother Teresa. You just fell in love with Jesus. And bit by bit, day by day, that love transforms you. This is the story of the Good Samaritan. I do believe we can become the Good Samaritan. I do. But I don't think it comes from trying our best. It comes by meeting the real Good Samaritan and immersing our lives in love. We're gonna take some time now to worship. We've, we've loaded up the back end of this service to have more space, to have more time. And I wanna encourage you just immerse yourself in love to think through all the ways that God loves you all the ways that you've seen the small and the large to remember like it's not about doing it's all about love and grace 
love and grace. That love and grace is what's going to transform your life. Love and grace is what's going to transform your workplace. Love and grace is what's going to transform your homes. It's going to transform your schools, your colleges. Love and grace is what's going to transform the city. The city won't change by us trying our best. It will be changed by Jesus and His love and His grace flowing through us. It's always, always just been about love and grace. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you already did it all. That it's not about religion, it's not about doing. It's about you. It's about love. I want to thank you that when we realize that you love us, that love will flow through. That as we immerse ourselves in you, you'll transform us and you'll transform the world around us. We want to thank you that you love us so much. So much. Amen. here tonight and you've been trying your best to be a good person you've been working hard and doing what you can but the reality is that that our best isn't enough that, that we all find ourselves broken and we can't save ourselves Jesus told this story to help people realize that it's not about what you do, it's about what Jesus does. It's not about you, it's about Him. And He makes His offer. He's like, if you believe, if you say you want to follow me, then you can have eternal life. You can have this incredible life. And that doesn't start when you die, that starts today. So if you're here today and maybe you haven't made a decision, you've never said, I'm in, I want to follow Jesus. I, I want to stop trying my best. And I want to accept his best. I want to give you an opportunity to say, I just want to choose that. And I'll ask everyone to just close their eyes. Um, I'm going to count to three. And if you're here today, you just want to say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. I... I believe in that this could be a first time thing for you. Maybe you've been away for quite a long time and you're like, I just need to come home. Then when I get to three, just raise your hand. One, God loves you so much. Two, we've all messed up. We've all got it wrong. But Jesus died for us. Three, if you want to say today, I want to follow Jesus, just stick your hand up with me so I can pray with you. God. Anybody else? Okay, let me just pray with you. 
maybe just pray maybe why don't we all just pray this together because this would be a really good prayer for all of us wherever we're at with our stage Lord Jesus I want to follow you I've realised it's not actually about me and it's not about what I do it's all about you it's all about your love commit my life to you I give you everything thank you that you have saved me Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.